Hey folks, my name is Andy Sido, and you're listening to another episode of Middle Class Rockstar. My guest this week is Calgary, Alberta-based guitarist, singer, and songwriter, Marcus Trummer. How we doing? I'm kind of going to jump right into this one um, because I, I sort of do an intro at the beginning of the actual interview. Marcus Trummer uh, and I met for the first time several years ago when I was traveling through Calgary. He was just a teenager. Uh, my band and I played and he sat in. Actually, I think the first time we went, we weren't even playing. We had a night off when we were going through Calgary after playing at Blues on White in Edmonton uh, for a week. And he was playing or leading a jam or something. And we stopped in um, at the blues can and he was playing. And uh, uh, Tina at the blues can it hooked us up with food and drinks and made us feel welcome. And uh, before we left, we booked a show with her for our next time through town the next year. And uh, Marcus came and sat in with us and it was a great time. Well, he went on a road trip throughout the U.S. by himself, sleeping in the back of his car and uh, he had a day in Denver, and we ended up hanging out a couple times. Once uh, we, he, excuse me, losing my words here, we met up at Cafe Olay here in Lakewood, Colorado, uh, had some tea and coffee and hung out and chatted. Then the next day he came by. I said, hey, let's do a, let's do a podcast interview. We'll hear about your journey. Um, chatted for a little bit. He played a song. Um, and then that evening he was hanging out with our mutual friend Taylor Scott and uh, – I'd been hanging out with Taylor in the afternoon doing doing another conversation with him. And so the three of us got together and hung out for a while. So it was great seeing him while he was in town. And um, I don't know if I mentioned, I think this was back in December that he, was, uh, that he came through Lakewood and we did this interview. So I'll jump into it. Um, really quick, a quick thanks to our sponsors, Patrick at PQ Mastering. Patrick puts the finishing touches on this podcast. And for any of your audio or restoration needs, go to pqmastering.com. Also, Narrator Music. For simple and affordable licensing for sync, visit narratorrf.com. Um, I have some of my compositions on that website. Uh, so say you need royalty-free music for anything, for a podcast, say, for your theme song. You can go on there and uh, type in kind of what you're looking for, and some options will pop up. You can purchase the track royalty-free. That's narratorrf.com. Okay, my conversation with Marcus Trummer. He's on a road trip. Did I mention that already? He's on a road trip from Calgary, and uh, it's his rite of passage journey through America. Is that <laughs> Did I describe that right? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, a pilgrimage, uh, getting down to uh, the home of the blues and and all all that good stuff. So, um, so you went you went all the way south. Yeah, man. I, uh, you know. First of all, it's good to be here. I, yeah. I appreciate it. It's good to see you in person. It's been... Totally. You know, we met back then, and you uh, brought me up on stage there at the Blues Can, which is kind of my my home there where I got my start in Calgary. Yeah. Anyway, we kept in touch um, via the social medias, and here I am, yeah. surprisingly. But uh, yeah, uh, about two months ago, just, you know, after the 
couple of years we had, I uh, felt like I had to hit the road, just get out, and uh, wanted to wanted to come down for some inspiration and uh, you know see some nature, and then get down to a lot of these music cities where <coughs> where you know I'm a you know, I'm I'm big into the blues, soul, rock and roll. And so, yeah, man, I packed the car and uh, headed south. So, yeah, it's been it's been good. And so, so musically, your influences, I mean, I, I know they're all over the place. There's a lot of blues, soul, rock and roll. Would you consider yourself maybe, a you know, a student of the school of Omen Brothers a little bit? Yeah, you you could probably <laughs> say that. I, I, uh, I think they kind of encompass a lot of what I'm into. So yeah. Um, whether it's roots music, country, rock and roll, blues, soul, gospel, all the kind of old school stuff that came out of the South really. Yeah. And I think, yeah, the Almond brothers were one of those bands that I just kind of really, really dug, I think. And I've pretty, like, I don't think a lot of my friends have even really heard of them. Yeah. They, they, they maybe heard Whipping Post once on, yeah. like, American Idol or something, someone covering <laughs> it, you know what I mean? Sure. But, yeah, Allman Brothers, I mean, I, I've i always been really into blues and uh, soul music, so it was good to, good to get down, you know, to Texas, get down to New Orleans and Memphis and yep. see, see all that, get, really be around it, you know, go to Stax Records and, you know, it's, I think for me, uh, you know, being a, a white kid from Canada, I kind of needed that just to appreciate it a little more, to actually right. drive through some of these neighborhoods. Obviously, it's not the same as right. it was back in the 60s and mm-hmm. 70s. And, but I, I think I've learned to appreciate it a little more. And uh, yeah, well, I guess we'll see if that seeps into my music even more moving forward. And, and I, I want to be clear, I'm not crediting the Allman Brothers for the blues by any means. I just, uh, I mentioned that because listening to your to your EP, um, These Roads, it, it, there's there's this scene, I think, that sort of, they were in that fostered the Derek Trucks and the Warren Haynes and now the, and now the Marcus King kind of acts. And I, I hear some of that in your music. I'm not uh, crediting the Allman Brothers for... Uh, for the the start of the blues or anything like that. Yeah, no, definitely not. They they were all influenced by those by yeah the Muddy Waters and yep. the, you know and the Albert Kings and the, and then the, those guys go back even further. You got the Robert Johnsons and the you know the the Delta guys and that all came through. You know the spirituals and slaves over from Africa. So yeah, no, definitely. You know I'm. And I, I was always into the deeper stuff, but I think, uh, I, I guess I relate a little more to the Allman Brothers because, uh, yeah. I don't know, they, they kind of took all those influences and made their own thing. And obviously they're all super, they're super talented, Greg Allman, Dwayne, Dwayne Allman, and the new, the new, uh, the new age versions with, uh, Derek Trucks. Right. And, you know, it's just, uh. Yeah, that's a that's kind of the world where I feel at home. It's 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 almost a genre of its own in a way. Like right. It's the Almond Brothers lineage. It's uh you know, 
when I try to describe what I do to other people, it's like, well, it's rock and roll, it's blues, it's kind of everything. I, I I call it rock and soul. That's what I call it. That's rock and the, soul. The closest sort of label I've been able to put on it. But yeah. So what did you find? Um, I mean, in America in general, but I specifically the South. You know, when you went down to places like New Orleans, um, you know, and, and and hanging out in Tennessee. Like, what did you find? Or did you find something that you were looking for um, that that you didn't find up in Calgary? That's a good question. Um, I think, well, especially like places like New Orleans, uh, just like, you know, walking down the street, you, you'll run into a musician that's, been doing this their their whole life just playing you know outside a coffee shop somewhere outside a, a restaurant and uh i i don't know it's there's just so much history behind it as well um whereas you know in in canada you know we have some history not as much in calgary really i mean there's uh there's a lot of good musicians and stuff but uh yeah, it's just sort of being, you know, standing where it happened, you know, standing, like I said, in Memphis and Stax Records where they, where, you know, Sam and Dave, Otis Redding, they recorded. It's just, I, you know, and I, and I wasn't really looking for a whole lot out of the, like, going there. I just, just always wanted to see it and I feel like, now, yeah, maybe I've gained a little bit of a deeper appreciation, um, but uh, maybe the biggest thing is it's just reaffirmed, like, yeah, maybe I'm not, you know, from these places, but I, you know, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, when I interact with these people, when I pull out my guitar and play a song for them, uh, and they ex- almost accept me, like, yeah. I'm like, I'm just a kid from Canada. Yeah. Um, that kind of reaffirms like you know that i can do this and uh you know i i hope to you know i'm not i'm not trying to be a tribute act or anything like that yeah but i hope to at least whatever i create have respect for the history and where it came from and uh yeah i think that's important regardless of genre even if you're a pop artist like there's there's history to all all types of music and yeah i think it's good to good to understand that i guess yeah yeah absolutely and when you're watching some of these people before uh perform i mean did you feel the i mean did you at all feel like oh i i'm th- this is getting passed down like i'm soaking this in it's getting passed down and it's up to me to carry it on and then pass it down i mean do you get some of those um i don't know i don't think i want to call them nostalgic but do you get some of those feelings uh a little bit like it's weird like people meet you they're like oh you got to keep the blues alive you know what i mean yeah um it's i'm sure you can relate coming <laughs> yeah. up a little in the blues scene and it's just uh i you know i i don't really ever ha- you know have have felt the pressure because then when you know certain people have different ideas of what um, keeping the blues alive means that maybe they want you to stick to a certain traditional form and yeah uh, going back to what we were talking earlier with the Allman Brothers 
they never stuck to a traditional, you know. They have some very traditional blues stuff, but then they got some a whole mix of country and rock and it's so I don't know, I I think I never I haven't picked up a whole lot on that other than I guess um just been kind of encouraged to keep doing what I'm doing and stay true to what I'm, you know, trying to do which is just make good music and uh I think you know these days it seems hard to you know be able to have a career in this industry making good music but it's I think it's possible and I think I'm more and more seeing how many good musicians there are and yeah uh, supporters of good music along the way I think you gotta do it you, you know I'm not gonna sell out and become a Nashville, whatever, famous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, mean yeah, I, sure. I went through Nashville, too. I like yeah, Nashville uh-huh. a lot, but there's, there's sort of two sides to it. <laughs> sure. I'm sure. sure. You, you must have walked down Broadway. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and and I, I'd love to jump into, uh, you know, early childhood and the Canada scene, but as one final note on this road trip, because I think it's fascinating, too, and um, I, I did a similar, I did a, a big drive by myself this summer, too, playing some shows, but... I think it's really cool that you, I mean, you're sleeping in the back of your Honda and you're driving all over the country and you're putting some serious miles on that thing. We were, we were joking yesterday that Cal, one of the big cities nearest Calgary is Denver and they're nowhere near each other. So you put some miles, you put some miles on the car. Is there one memory music related or not one thing that's happened on this trip that you could say that was just an awesome life experience? Yeah, um, yeah, the, the Honda's still kicking. It's been a lot of miles, but yeah, there's a uh, one experience in particular that was just wild. I um, it was is actually happened in uh, Grand Canyon, North Rim. Uh, I was going through there, um, and uh, you know, I I had heard there's a spot you can camp on the rim. Um, but you have to take some forestry road and it's kind of sketchy and, you know, I don't exactly have a four by four, you know, you did it by yourself. Yeah. So it was, uh, I I had gotten word like some, one of my friends that I met along the way had done it in like a minivan. I later found out they took some other route that probably wasn't as bad, but I, I saw these four by four signs, man, high clearance must I mean, I got a little SUV, old CRV Honda. It's, it's okay. It's got all-wheel drive. I think it still works all-wheel. I, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah. I went down this road like twenty miles through the forest. No cell service. At night in the dark, like, kind of stupid, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I, I knew I could probably make it. There's some uh, sketchy spots on this, you know, some famous last some words. rocks. Yeah, I knew I could probably make it. Yeah, but um, man, I uh, I did, and uh, yeah, got to the rim. Of course, it was dark, so I couldn't see anything. But I uh, woke up the next morning to like the most beautiful sunrise I've ever seen over the Grand Canyon, camping there, and like this is a very remote point, but there was a. Maybe two other, two or three other people camping. Like, I saw a couple other cars there, and uh, yeah, the morning I got talking to this guy, and uh, he said, "Oh, I'm a, 
you know, what do you do for work? I said, oh, I'm a musician, a singer, songwriter. He's like, oh, I do that as well. And uh, I'm like, oh, cool. And uh, we got talking anyway. Um, Turned out this guy, um, his name's Livingston Taylor. Um, you recognize the last name. Wait, is was that who you met? Yeah, man, James Taylor. Yeah, his brother. Brother, he's uh, also like a, like what? And the funny thing was, I had seen James Taylor like two weeks before in uh, in Idaho. I went to the concert. Yeah. So I was like literally on that road as I was driving. I was listening to like James Taylor, and you know, and then I met Livingston, and uh, it's like, what are the odds, right? Like. Um, on this remote point and most like i think he was only staying there for one night him and his wife and i mean uh yeah that was just i guess That's the one wild experience he, you know i ended up playing some songs for him he played some songs for me really yeah and i guess he teaches at the uh the berkeley college yeah. in boston there and he told me some some good advice some like it's just like I don't know. Sometimes, yeah, that gut feeling is a bad idea, and you know maybe I I could have broken down and died out there, but I don't know. I felt I felt it right, and uh, yeah, it worked out. So <laughs> you say you ended up playing some songs for, uh, <laughs> for Livingston, Livingston Taylor. Yeah. That so that's that's crazy. It almost, it makes you wonder is if you were supposed to drive out there that night. Um, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah, who knows? Like, I guess things happen for a reason, and I got his, you know, contact. Who knows? Maybe down the road, well, I get yeah. get to see him again or something. It's just, and I mean, one of the nicest, most genuine people too. Like, just yeah, just so cool. I read his book several years ago, and if I'm not mistaken. It was a Berkeley Press book, and he's the he's a songwriting instructor there, I think. So you ran into somebody. I mean, like, oh, so I mean, what kind of advice did he give you? Did he give you any great songwriting tips? Man, he uh, it was almost more on the performance side, in, in a way mm-hmm. of like, you know, when I was singing my songs, uh, he would like stop me halfway through. And like I was singing to the the group of four or five people there, we were having coffee in the morning. And he would like stop me and like, no, you gotta you gotta look them in the eye, and you know, like you can't just s- sing it. You gotta like believe it, and like just all these like almost weird exercises. <laughs> At first, it was a little uncomfortable, <laughs> but I was. Um, but you played along. You were you took yeah, the lesson. Oh, I had to, you know. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, he'd set, tell me some stuff about the music business in general, like um, you know, the importance of making everyone around you feel safe. You know, as the artist, you're you're a you're the crazy one. You, you decided to become a musician, and and you can handle that, but everyone else can't. You know, people in the industry your fans they, they're not like an artist they uh they need that safety that stability that comfortable um feeling so just tell me how to do that you know when you're at a show and in in the business side of things as well mm. just um cuz you know 
we might be fine feeling unsafe, you know, sketchy back alley load-ins or whatever, not knowing where our next meal is going to come from. But it's a different thing when you're the audience, you're at a show, you want to feel comfortable, you're, uh, you're a manager, you you got a family to feed, you want to feel comfortable. So I, yeah, there's just a lot, honestly. The whole, the whole experience is kind of a, a blur because that was just wild. And I ended up staying after writing a song there right on the Grand Canyon because I was just inspired by that whole experience. So I, who knows, maybe uh, people will get to hear that one someday. That is so cool. That is so cool. <laughs> Uh, well, okay. Well, that's, that's a wild, uh, that's a life changing evening. I would think, um, cool, man. You never know who you meet. I just love that. And, uh, so let, let's back up a little bit. You're born in Calgary. What was your childhood like in, you know, getting into music? I mean, were you introduced early? I was, um, kind of both my parents are, um, they just always appreciated music and uh and good music so i was i was around it a lot um my folks play instruments as well just kind of on the side my dad's a he's done like always had a little jazz band or something go play senior songs mm-hmm. and my mom was in like yeah like a community band she she plays the oboe actually mm-hmm. um, which is cool so yeah m- my brother and i were we were raised around kind of just, you know, music and the arts. Um, I ended up being a part of this performing arts group when I was uh, when I was young for for a number of years. It's called the Young Canadians, and you've heard of the Calgary Stampede, yeah, which is like this rodeo, like big fair type, and they have a big stage and they put on a show with these young Canadians. So I got a. Um, a good taste of what it's like to, you know, really perform for like thousands of people. And, you know, I was, I was fortunate enough to be part of that. I got a couple opportunities to like sing like the lead soloist kind of thing. And yeah, actually (laughs) side note on that one, uh, one time I completely messed up the words and, uh, this is, I think there's like 10,000 people a night watching like, it was God. just crushing. Anyway, I, they, they <laughs> yeah. like, cause we're all kids, right? Like, then I mean, they train us. Like, we practice, like, very hard, yeah. Till we, like, can do the show in our sleep, basically. But, uh-huh. like, uh, they have us all pre record everything. And, uh, I believe after I messed up the words the next night, I, I could be mistaken, but I think they played my pre recorded track and just muted my mic the next night oh my goodness (laughs) anyway that that was a whole crazy experience but then i got into playing guitar um probably when i was around 13 14 um i just my dad had always had them around and uh he tried to show me stuff from time to time but i think i had to take that interest on my own which i did eventually and uh that led me to writing songs pretty much right away um, I don't know. I just, cause I wanted to sing. I wanted to perform Yeah. since I already had that taste of performing. Yep. And so, uh, did that. I did an open mic, uh, I've, you know, after I'd written one of my first songs, I was actually still really bad at the guitar at that point. 
So I'd like recorded a backing track of me playing the guitar and then sang over that. And you know, I remember just being insanely nervous, like like shaking, probably crying. And that uh, was, you know, one of those moments where I didn't want to, but I kind of just was forced. And once I got up there, once I started singing, kind of all felt normal. And that, that was weird because I had performed for thousands of people before, but that was the first time I was sharing my own song that I had written. Yeah. And that's a different thing, even though there was maybe 10 people watching at this. Yeah, your emotions. Wednesday night open mic at the Ironwood in Calgary. Mm -hmm. um, but that was huge. And from then on, I was, I was hooked. I, you know, started writing, doing open mics, doing um, singer-songwriter nights with some of my friends. There was a good little scene that... Um, uh, started with a bunch of a bunch of youth kind of around my age around the 16 17 18 and uh yeah actually a bunch of them have gone on all different places I, doing music still yeah so uh there's a kate stevens is one on name drop she she's still based in calgary but like i mean if you look her up incredible incredible singer she's had you know songs on big Spotify playlists and hundreds of thousands of streams. Wow. And Bella White is another. She's in, She, uh, I think she's a dual citizen. She moved down to Nashville, I think. And, you know, I've seen her in Rolling Stone articles. She's in the bluegrass scene. So if you look her up, <clears throat> these are some of the people I was playing. At Ironwood with? Yeah, like open mic nights, Cafe Gravity down the street. Wow. Um, and uh, I'm doing the blues thing and, and the my thing and uh you know rolling stones not writing about maybe i don't really care i i don't even not yet yeah i don't i don't even know if i ever want them to honestly <laughs> uh, that's when you that's when you get the article <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> um well no that that's really cool so it sounds like it was a nurturing scene you guys were all playing together getting better together um and you still you still hang out at ironwood a lot of times when you're home yeah yeah, this uh, it's the Inglewood community in Calgary. They uh, they call it the Music Mile. Um, mm. They're trying to be like like at Nashville or uh, sure uh, Memphis, you know, Beale Street. Like, but the, cool. It's not like that. It's which is actually kind of good. Like it's not this big popular destination, so it's not like lined with cover bands and all that. Yeah, crap that you you deal with. It's a lot of original music. There's the, um, yeah, the, the big two venues are Ironwood and the Blues Can, which is just down the street. Yeah. And they both have a really like old school music venue feel. And um, yeah, that's that's sort of where I, I got my start. I started, um, um, I, once I put a band together, started this youth jam night, um, Monday nights monthly at the blues can and um that's uh sort of where you know i started to own my own my craft get a kind of figure out my sound and so we'd host these youth jam nights and they were they started becoming popular you know they'd mm -hmm. we get like yeah some nights you know 20 you know 20 to 25 like 
youth bands and singer songwriters getting up and uh, on a Monday night and uh, yeah, we we do it early because I think we all had to be out by a certain time based yeah. off the yeah rules. You know, m- most of us were underage. I mean, drinking age is eighteen in <laughs> yeah. uh, Canada. Yeah. That's why in Alberta at least. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> we uh, we were doing it like sixteen, seventeen. I mean, my my younger brother is the drummer for. He's been the drummer for me from the beginning, and he's three years younger than me, so I'm twenty now. So he's just about eighteen, and wow. he's. You mean, uh, yeah, we, uh, it was a cool thing. We did that right up until, you know, 2020 and kind of had to, had to stop. And now I'm not really a youth anymore. I mean, now you got to, in the same sense, start the adult jam. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think the first time that I went into the blues can, uh, I don't think we were playing. I think we just stopped in on our way home from blues on white. Um, up in Edmonton, and so it was a Monday night, and the jam was gonna start, and it did. It got very full, but and and you're kind of you're the dude there too. I mean, they've they've championed you. They have you in. Um, you you get you go in and sit in with uh, the national acts when they come through town. I mean, you're always there. And and the next time we went through, I think we Instagrammed or something, and you came and jammed with us. So you've you've uh. It, it seems to me that you really created a culture at Blues Can around, uh, you know, around your community of people, which is really neat. Yeah, it's a it's a cool spot. And after coming down, like, to the south and stuff, um, that venue feels, like, very similar to places I've been in. Yeah. Um, like, some of these real, like, juke joints in Mississippi. Like, it's got, like, a, a real old-school blues vibe and that had an impact on me and uh, I mean yeah just being around there I lived like 10 minutes away from there and yeah. just would hang out there I mean I was just allowed to come basically whenever I wanted and uh yeah played um I played numerous shows there with my band now at this point and uh it's it's a cool place so it's just funny that how that works out as you from all the way from down here in Denver, and you, you come up there, and... Uh, that was the spot I wanted to go into. Yeah. No, it's the spot between the Blues Can and the Ironwood. Those are... That's um, that's where it's at in Calgary, so... I haven't been into the Ironwood yet. I'll have to check that out next time, but we we should give a quick shout-out to Tina at the Blues Can. Tina. And, and Chris Chode Murphy, uh, my favorite bartender. I'm not... I, I, maybe that Chode means something different north of the border. I'm not sure. But... <laughs> but I love those guys there and it's a great uh guys and gals I should say and it's a great great venue. Um but uh it's it's cool it that that there's a community there and you've had a couple of places where you've been playing. Now do you and now you also just took a big long uh pilgrimage trip and are you so where does that leave you now as you go home? Are you saying you want to stay and cultivate the community in Calgary further? Or do you have plans of maybe um, taking a, a step in a different direction and going somewhere else and continuing to build there? Yeah, I mean, uh, I feel like Calgary was a really good place to come up as far as Canada goes. You know, it's it's one of these scenes that's almost, you know... Uh, 
underappreciated. There's a lot of really good musicians there, and you know, guys who have been doing it a long time. You know, certain certain blues guys, guys like Tim Williams, who's uh, incredible, uh, and uh, Jory Kinjo's another. Um, he's uh, more into like soul and reggae, and he's played with a bunch of I think the Slackers and all these cool bands. Any, anyways, uh, it's a good spot, but uh, I think moving forwards, it's kind of, I don't know, you gotta, you gotta get out there. You gotta go where the opportunities lead. So yeah, we'll see what happens. I, uh, think I'm going to stay in Canada for a bit and, um, yeah, I'd I'd like to get out to the States more and more. I've never actually played a, a gig down here. Um, but, uh, I'd like to actually come down in the future, set up a little tour and uh, at Europe as well. But um, yeah, the big the big goal um, first first of all is getting a full length record. You know, I've released some singles and EPs, but it's now that I've kind of gone through this trip, um, kind of coming to come. You know, had a I'm really understanding my identity as an artist and I've been writing lots the past couple of years and I think I'm ready to take that next step, uh, record an album, um, in, in Canada, whether it's Toronto, Calgary, it's, um, still, plans are still kind of shaping up here, but, um, that, that'll be the, uh, the 2022 goal. And, uh, hopefully with that, that can open the doors for, you know, hopefully tours, hopefully some support slots, maybe come down to the States, head over to Europe. Um, fingers crossed everything, you know, you know, keeps improving as far as uh, restrictions and all that. And it's just, yeah, going all in, spreading this, uh, spreading this music that I'm making. And um, that's, that's my life. That's what I'm going to do. So yeah, wherever, wherever the road leads. The world is your oyster. Yeah, man. Um, you can go anywhere, do uh, anything. It's, I'm I'm fortunate to you know be young and I don't have too many responsibilities holding me back. So it's kind of, yeah. Yeah, this is the time to to do it, and it's it's an exciting time. Sometimes it's kind of, you know, I get anxious just because there's so many possibilities. I don't really have an exact like set path is you know some of my friends are in college and they're gonna go get this job and they have this internship and and they they get a job and then they work their way up it's like wide open and uh but that's part of the fun i guess for me and it's like i don't know if you get too rigid and it gets too much about the the rat race the chase uh, I want to get this gig and get this money. Then it's, I don't know, it defeats the whole point of doing music. So um, all that to say, yeah, it's it's an exciting time. And uh, I don't entirely know what the future is going to hold. But uh, if anyone's listening, please stay tuned. It's going to be good. I promise. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, Well, yeah, we will. We'll all be staying tuned. And, um, checking out your new music and i i know 
uh, in, what it, it, November, I believe it was November 24th, 2020, you came out with an EP, These Roads. Um, and it's, I, I love the writing, the singing, the guitar playing. Uh, it's, it's a really cool vibe. There's some soul, there's some rock and roll, um, there's some blues. And I also I also wanted to make note that there's some jamming going on. The, the shortest track is four minutes and 51 seconds. <laughs> the longest track clocks in uh, somewhere in the nines. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so there's some rocking out too. I mean, it's very, it felt um, like a live show in the studio kind of thing to me. Is that is that sort of what you're going for on that EP? Yeah. Um, <laughs> for, thanks. I appreciate the, uh, the compliments on that EP. That was... Uh, Honestly, we really had no idea what we were doing. That was one of my first times in the studio with my uh with my band there and uh we uh yeah, we just kind of laid it down like we didn't have like a producer telling us you got to cut the solo down to eight bars or whatever. We just did whatever we wanted and I've been I've been lucky to I got like some community radio play on on the sh- on the short song. Yeah. They definitely aren't playing the 9 minute one. <laughs> Even my quote-unquote short song, that's definitely not making any commercial stations, but that's okay. That's okay, okay. you're doing you. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, so um, moving forwards, I think since since that EP, I've I've dived even more into the songwriter side of things. So um, I think I'd still like to have maybe a couple of those more longer jammy songs, Um, but... uh, uh, the focus is going to be a little bit more on the songwriting, and uh, yeah, so I'm, I'll be willing to sacrifice a little bit of guitar solos. You know, I I don't think we need one on every, every track maybe, but uh, it's it's still going to be me. It's going to be the blues. It's going to be roots music and rock and roll and soul all kind of mixed together. Um, but yeah, like getting into like I mentioned James Taylor and. Uh, Jackson Brown and you know even like Tom Petty like over the over the past while like all those guys are they're kind of rock and roll type but they have uh, a deeper level of songwriting and uh, I'm more of a focus on that so that's what I'm trying to do moving forward is bring it all together so do you have any if you just to put it out in the air and into the world do you have any uh producers that you're targeting for for this full length in 2022 uh not not particularly i've got a a couple connections uh within canada um and uh yeah we'll figure that out i'm i'm sort of new to that whole producer world and you know distribution labels so it's kind of it's kind of all shaping up right now, and uh, yeah, I can't really can't really say a whole lot because it's not all set in stone yet. But uh, it's uh, yeah, I, that's it's gonna be it's gonna be good, and uh, I think you know a good way to kind of bring together you know all these songs kind of encompass my experience growing up, and they're all kind of about like coming to the place I am now and uh, kind of all the, the struggles with that and there's a lot of quarantine lockdown songs and that that whole thing wrestling with becoming a uh, I guess an adult during these 
these times and just yeah it's it'll be cool i'm really excited um really excited to honestly i'm can't wait to get to work on that and uh that'll be uh that'll be the big thing for next year what one more thing i wanted to ask that i know is backpedaling a little bit but when we met up yesterday you were telling me about some of the difficulties of um crossing the border and from Canada to, to the U S and you mentioned to a few minutes ago that you didn't get to play any gigs in the U S I know you got to play some guitar. I know you got to pull it out and sing for some people, yeah. but you didn't do any gigs. So how no. did all that work? Yeah. So I brought my guitar along, of course, cause if I don't, you know, have, <laughs> I'll go crazy, yep. but yeah, you can't, um, you can't play gigs as a, Canadian citizen unless you get a uh it's a it's a it's a visa um for for uh performing you have to have contracts in place ahead of time uh so of course me having no connections anything you know it would have been cool to play gigs but uh I just really wanted to come down and I needed that break and I needed to get out and see something uh on my own travel on my own and uh so yeah, it's um you know in the future, I'll be down here lots I'm sure and uh, the it's uh yeah from what I hear actually it's easier for you guys to come up to Canada and yeah. we're a little more relaxed. I mean you still have to fill out some paperwork. You still gotta and, fill out the form and wait in line, but yeah, but yeah you can you can play gigs. Yeah, it's <laughs> a little more uh, I don't know they're they're pretty serious and it's a kind of a almost a costly process you know after once you uh pay the processing fees and all that it's like you're already in the hole like a bunch like i don't know a few hundred to a thousand and then you got to travel on top of that you pay the band and you know you You come down here good money yeah you got to be you got to have at least some gigs that are going to pay well which is tough when you don't have the connections and yeah so um yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it can be done. I, I have friends that have come down here and they just sleep in the van and they play like, you know, 30 shows and at the end, you know, they total it all up and they sort of break even and they're all happy. And But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's tough. It'd be nice if it was easier, you know, where the two countries aren't a whole lot different, really. Right. I mean, we got a, a border and... We're we're a little colder up there. We maybe have less guns. That's that's about it. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty similar. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, right. it's uh, I, lo- I like it down here. I like Canada a lot too. Um, and uh, hope to uh, hope to be all over in the future. Will you play us a song before we part ways. Yeah, you bet. Uh, this will be a uh, this will be a good one. It's uh song I wrote called Running On My Own, and that's uh, sort of what I'm doing. <laughs> what we've been talking about, been running on my own here. It's a song I uh, recently released, and uh, yeah, we'll give her a go. Wonderful. There's a place I go When I feel alone We'll say you hold is left there on the road 
Lord, I know sometimes it's hard to tell just what you're fighting for. Oh, tonight we'll hit that level one and get away from it all. So I fall on a Pray that the Lord will get us back home To live with a broken heart and sail away Sometimes So we drove on down that line. It's where the world had lost its mind. It hit my head. I looked in your eyes. I said we're running out of time. But when it feels like everybody. And since going cold, oh, oh, I said there's a new wind blowing strong enough to say, Echo Bones. So I followed a new moon rising in east today. Pray that the Lord will get us back home To live with a broken heart a sail away Oh, yeah I'm tired of running So follow the new moon rising in the east today. I hope that somehow we make it back home. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much for having me on, Andy. I appreciate it a lot. Not a problem, Marcus. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for making time with me on your trip. And uh, we end it with a rare live performance outro. I love it. 
Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. If you'd like to support this podcast uh, in a monetary way, you can do so uh, by subscribing to my Patreon at patreon.com slash Andy Sido, S-Y-D-O-W. You can do that for as little as $3 a month. If you'd like to support in a non-monetary way, just give this podcast a five-star rating and review uh, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have a great week. Thank you.